0: Welcome to the Andy Jacks Podcast, a reflection on how to win in discipline, both for ourselves and when helping others. Consider hitting that like button, sharing with others, and letting me know what you think about this week's topic. And this week I had off uh, just for a minute because we were on vacation, we went to the beach, we enjoyed our time, and it really sparked an idea for this week's podcast episode. So this week we're going to be talking about how to have a discussion and a conversation without arguing and hating each other. That's what we're going to be talking about this week, and I hope you enjoy it. How many times have you gotten into conversations where you, all of a sudden, without realizing it, were arguing? You know, there's a fine line between having a professional dialogue, even with a friend, versus that turning into an argument or a huge disagreement that ultimately can end friendships and hurt feelings. That's something we should really consider as adults because you can see it all over social media. You can see it in person. The news, man, the news alone, the the media in general is built on arguing. I think they build their shows on who can argue with each other and let's, let's sort of duke it out and fight it out. Again, there's sort of a uh, some some symmetry between what you see on the news and what you see in professional boxing or sports, but and that's how we're raised to think that that's what should be the norm. That maybe we should just be arguing with people all the time, that maybe you know our opinion matters more than theirs, and that our way is the right way and theirs the wrong way. We have to convince them of how we feel is the right way. I feel like that's what our society is being built upon right now. And consider how that affects our kids and affects each other. Ultimately, we are models for what our students and our kids at home see. And the more we do these things, they think of these as normal and routine, and that's the way of life, and that's how it should be. So students typically copy what they see in us do, unless it's doing the dishes or something like that. Then they don't copy that at all, right? But I was thinking about this because uh, this week, you know, we were with uh, you know really good friends, and and we were having these really healthy debates on politics and religion and everything else. And these were, none of it got to the point where, you know, <laughs> friendships are ruined or anything like that. everybody's good and uh, we had a great time. And I was also with people who also like to have a healthy and vigorous dialogue, which I really love and enjoy. But I know like my wife doesn't really love and enjoy that. She finds that to be like over the top and too much. And I think so much of that has to do with how you were raised. And for me, I was raised in a household where we argued and we discussed and we got deep in things and we uh, debated and fought almost literally uh, on how we feel about things. It's just the way of life. I you know, had a couple brothers and our parents and just, and I think we still do it now probably as an adult, we have to watch a little bit more carefully. We learn as adults to just stay away from certain topics uh, unless you really want to dig in and just have fun with it. But that's my norm. So my norm is very much arguing. And in this case, where who the people I were with, their norm was that way too. And that's what they enjoyed. But not everybody's like that. You need to really be careful. And when we're working with our students, they may have these kinds of norms. You know, they may have a norm where their family fights all the time. Um, there's different cultures where that's normal, where you argue and you debate at the dinner table. And there's other cultures, if you do that, that that's considered extremely disrespectful. And as adults, we have to really consider, uh, one, who we're with because, and in fact, you may even want to ask, is this okay to have this kind of dialogue with you? Do you feel comfortable or not? And if they feel comfortable and you feel comfortable and you want to kind of duke it out verbally, and that's sort of your way of having fun, then go for it. But if you ask them if they're not comfortable and you get a sense that that's too much, you have to really be careful not to go over the top of people that are just not wanting that or ready for that, or that's something that they want to live their life with. And that's okay too. So each person has a different style and it's important for us to know the other person's style when we are working with them and we're even having some type of debate or dialogue or discussion. In school, you see it happen all the time where we think one way of doing something is more important than another or one instructional program or instructional method or strategy or preparation or structure or schedule or whatever the thing is going to be that you work with And and whatever job you're in, I'm sure you can do this too. But we have to really be careful that these conversations don't turn into arguments. And I know personally that's something, and again, this podcast is all about self-reflection. The only person you can really change is yourself. And for me, that has been something that I've fought with my entire life is how do you have a dialogue and discussion with people without it turning into you trying to win over them um, and sort of verbally attack them if you don't watch out for that. I still get to do it. And you know, if a lot of people listening to this may think, yep, that's you. And that's true. It is right. And so uh, that's probably why I do more public speaking, (laughs) so I can do it uh, on a more professional manner. But it's something I've really thought about. It's something that I think we need to think about when we're working with each other and working with our students. So I looked up some tips, because I know tips for me help tips for other people as well. The one thing, as I talked about it already, is think about, you have to be careful not to sort of assume that your personal norms are their personal norms and, and and not take it personally if they're not the same as yours. So for instance, if we're working with students and they argue with us, that may be their norm at home. And so we have to be careful that we think that they're just being personally attacking to us and they hate us and that they're being disrespectful. Well, I don't think it's disrespectful if that's their norm. I mean, that's how I grew up. And I argued with my teachers. Now, my teachers got me in trouble because they didn't understand that, that was really, I wasn't really trying to be disrespectful. I was just arguing because that's what I did all the time. And a lot of them took it personally and some didn't at all. And some that the ones that didn't, I created great relationships with, and I actually treated them better in the long run, not worse. I didn't take advantage of the situation, argue more. In fact, if anything, I argued less with them and treated them with more respect. So we have to be careful not to take these things personally from our students. On the flip side, when we're working with students, we have to be careful that we make sure to model proper dialogue and discussion and not get caught in the trap of arguing back with them. Just like with our friends and with our family members, we have to know when to quit. We have to know what things are hot topics, which things are uh, emotional, and how that affects others. So here's a couple more ideas. I was looking up online for some tips. Here's some some interesting things I, I really thought about. One is make sure to remember that the friendship is more important than being right. That that really something I struck with this week was, you know, at the end of the day, my opinion really doesn't matter that much. I'd rather have friends than be right because you could be right and be alone and be very lonely and you're right in your own little bubble of your house by yourself, right? And that that's no fun. That's no way to live. Remember that it's all about that relationship and the friendship over being right in a conversation. Make a point and then stop. Sometimes we make a point and then another point and then another point and then another point. And we, it's like we berate the other person with all these points and we're just like wanting to give up. Now make a point, let them listen. In reverse, if someone else is making a point to you, actively listen to what they're saying. Don't think about the next thing that that you wanna say to them to argue their point. No, actively listen to them and try to understand their perspective on why they're bringing this to you. Even if you think it's flat out wrong, try to understand why they have that opinion and why they're bringing it to you. When our students do this, to us, sometimes we just think, no, you're a kid, I'm an adult, I know what I'm talking about, you don't. But they have very valid reasons why they have these opinions. They may actually be wrong, but it's better for us to know why they're bringing this to us so that it helps us understand how to then interact with them and guide them the right way. When we talk about validation in general for feelings and emotions and sort of their why behind their conversation, it also helps to actually validate their point. If they come up with an interesting point you may or may not agree with it, or you may think, oh, that's something I agree with part of that. Validate that and say, you know what, That that's an interesting thing, or that's something I never really thought about before, or thank you for bringing that to my attention, or I'm learning through this conversation, or, you know, I really appreciate having this discussion with you. When you say things that are validating and understanding, it really, one, diffuses the whole thing so it doesn't get out of control. And two, it just shows the other person you actually care about them and care about their feelings. Because if you really care about their feelings, and you just want to win. Then again, you don't really want them to be a friend. You just want to win a conversation. And No one really wins at the end of that conversation. You don't really feel good anyways after you quote, air quote, win a conversation. At the end of the day, we want to focus on the points in the conversation. Maybe something you're trying to get across without focusing on the person as being wrong or bad. We have to be careful with our body language I know when we're working with kids, sometimes it's easy to get like overbearing and stand closer to them and over top of them and show through our body language that what we're saying is more right than what they're saying. And that is just intimidating. We have to be careful also that our words and our, our emotions don't combine and align when we're getting angry. So we have to listen to our own body that if we feel like our you know our blood pressure is going up, if our face is getting red, sometimes you could tell other people because you could just see it. And they're, uh, they have that, I don't know, complexion, whatever you want to call it, where their skin gets red if they get you know, upset or emotional. And if that's happening to yourself and you can feel it, you need to think about taking a break and toning it back down. Because that is then going to lead to more anger and more verbal abuse of the other person. So really be careful about the body language physically and emotionally when you're working with others. When we're working with kids, if we start getting angry, you need to take a break. You don't have to deal with that issue in this moment. If the kid's acting up, stop the issue, you know, stop the behavior, but you don't have to go above and beyond that if you're starting to get angry because it's not going to help the situation and it's not going to help you personally either. So really taking breaks from conversation is necessary if you're feeling this way. I know for a lot of us, if you start getting angry, there's really no way to diffuse it besides just stopping. You could even tell someone, you know what, I'm, I'm getting to a point where I'm just getting like emotional and I'm sorry, but I'm just going to have to stop this conversation now. And I'm sure the other person will appreciate it versus you just <laughs> yelling at them and abusing them. So really think about the the sort of cues that you're seeing in yourself and others. If you're seeing other people starting to get more aggressive, they're, they're now... They may be hand-talking way more than normal. Now, I'm a very big hand-talker and arm-talker, so be careful with that. But some people, they get real sort of physical with their arms. They, you know, they they may be getting closer to you. Their their words may be getting louder. Everything's getting more verbally, just like aggressive. You start feeling that way. Even if that's sort of your norm, you may want to take a break or just sort of simmer down for a minute and then come back to it. You know, something as simple as like going to the bathroom, getting some water, uh, getting a drink, if that's what you're doing at the time, uh, whatever that thing is going to be, you can sort of do a natural break in the conversation. A lot of times you find that when you get back to the conversation, you get into something totally different. You don't, you don't dive back into that topic. So breaks sometimes are natural ways for you to sort of segue into other conversations that are more probably healthy than what that argument is at the time. You know, So really knowing when to quit, knowing when to um, sort of walk away and when to, oh, this sounds like a Sounds like a Kenny Rogers song, right? Know when to fold them. Um, think about those things because when when you just, again, this is reflections. I'm just sort of thinking out loud is when we're just trying to win arguments, there really is no win in that. And it's going to be, at the end of the day, no good for anybody. You got to know when to hold up. No when to fold up. No when to walk away. No when to run. Thanks for helping me reflect on my own shortcomings. And maybe you're going through a similar kind of a thing. Could be with your family, could be work, could be with students. I'm gonna end with some quotes and some thoughts that'll maybe help you get through the next step. Which is one, Tony Gaskins says, arguing isn't communication, it's noise. Now, you may or may not agree with that. I think sometimes. When you're with people who think that all you do is argue, maybe you're with the wrong people. Maybe it's you, maybe it's not. Maybe you expressing yourself and expressing your feelings and expressing how you feel about issues is too much for them. Maybe you need different types of friends. And that doesn't mean you get rid of those friends, but maybe you need a diverse group of friends where you do have some people that can take you for you. And that's okay. Um, I, for me personally, I do like to debate and argue and have these kind of really in-depth discussions and that's okay. I just have to know who, uh, can handle that and who is, feels comfortable with that. And that's why you need all sorts of different types of friends. If you do feel yourself getting angry or getting frustrated or whatever in arguments, reconsider how you're approaching the dialogue and debate instead of, uh, instead of expressing it through feelings and emotion and getting louder, explain your emotions explain the reasoning and try to be more rational with the approach as opposed to just more emotional like you're going to you're just going to beat them beat them to into submission but use better arguments basically if your arguments are not very good then they're not going to be very effective so try to use better arguments a quote by Rumi an ancient poet he said raise your words not your voice it is rain that grows flowers not thunder Oh, so good. Raise your words, not your voice. In other words, have a better argument. If you really want to convince somebody of something, and that's maybe you as a leader, you want to convince your staff or your classroom teacher, you want to convince your students of doing something better. You raising your voice isn't going to help. You having better words, better explanations, better instruction, more explicit and clear directions, that's what's going to be the rain that grows the flowers, not the thunder that is just loud and obnoxious. Be more like the rain, not the thunder when you're having these kind of discussions with your students. Then ultimately, Thomas Carlyle said, a man lives by believing something, not by debating and arguing about many things. So that's something that I really want to reflect on more and more and more as I have these discussions. My debate and arguments are almost irrelevant. It's how I live my life. It's how I act towards others. It's the things that I believe and those actions that I do in my school and as a leader and with my family and in the community, those actions really tell people how you feel about issues way more than all the things that you say. And ultimately, those actions are the things that will convince people on how maybe you think things are priorities and are important way more than the words you say. Actions always speak louder than words. So I'll leave you on that. What are your actions like right now? What are you doing that shows the kind of person that you are. You're a school teacher or a school leader. What are you gonna do going into the school year where you're really thinking about your actions, speaking louder than your words, and instead of arguing with people, to really actively listen to what they need and what they want, and really nail that down for them and help them in that way. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode's topic. Share with others and let me know what you think on social media at underscore Andy Jacks. Read more on leadership, school culture, and discipline at andyjacks.com. I have an update with a book cover on my book, Discipline Win, coming out soon. And I can't wait to share that with you, all about different ways that we can be more disciplined ourselves and how we help discipline in our students, help them create their own sense of what discipline means and help them think about that for their future because that's what it's really about, how they view their future and what they can do about it. So we're in this together. Just remember that we're always in this together. This is a tough issue that we're dealing with in life and in school. So reach out if you ever need anything. Reach back out to me. Have a great week, everybody.